We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Put myself in the same category as D-Wade. Now our test is jumped over the scores table. Our test is in the stands. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. When I go to the writers to tell me who can guard in this league, I'll put a gun to my own head. Welcome to the Roadwire NBA podcast, presented as always by DraftKings.com. Nick Whalen here with James Anderson. It is Thursday. January 3rd. On this day 10 years ago, James, Charlie Villanueva had three turnovers and fouled out of a game in 18 minutes for the Milwaukee Bucks. It is also Nikola Pekovic's 33rd birthday and it's Linus Klaza's 34th birthday. So a lot going on uh, on this January 3rd. We haven't recorded in I think over two weeks. Uh, took a little bit of time off over Christmas, over the new year. Uh, so how was your holiday? Did you have a big New Year's? Any sort of celebrations going on? Uh, not really. I mean, we we went out and had fun and stuff, but it, it wasn't like a big party or anything. Um, just did you went. do any alcohol? <laughs> we we did some alcohol. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, we went out to eat and then went to a bar and then went to a a bar as the kids as the mm, kids call uh, it. I believe the A stands for after <laughs> an after bar. <laughs> did you stick around Madison? Yep. Okay. I uh, I just went to one bar in Milwaukee, okay. stayed there for like an hour, was in, was out, <laughs> drank some champagne. That was that. Ate a bunch <laughs> of meatballs. They had all this food out that nobody was eating um, except for me and was able to clean that up. But yeah, it was a pretty low-key New Year's as far as that goes. Uh, but a lot going on in the NBA. The headliner, of course, <clears throat> excuse me, for tonight is a certain small forward returns to San Antonio uh, Kawhi said this morning that he wasn't sure how he's going to be received. Um, you know, didn't wasn't really not really sure what the reaction is going to be. I have a feeling he's going to get booed. I don't think it's going to be a positive environment for Kawhi Leonard or the Toronto Raptors. Uh, but where do you think this is going to to rank on like all of these return games that it feels like we've had over the last two or three years? Um, obviously, LeBron going back to Cleveland in 2010. I don't think will ever be topped. 
Durant back in OKC, I think was a little bit worse than I thought it would be in 2016. Um, you know, Kyrie back in Cleveland wasn't really bad at all. There's, there's been, you know, Paul George in Indiana wasn't all that bad. I feel like this will be kind of somewhere in the middle, probably worse than, than Paul George, but not quite, uh, Durant or certainly not LeBron level. Uh, I would say it's going to be probably pretty close to Durant. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, similarly passionate fan base. Uh, he, Obviously, it's easy if you're a Spurs fan to probably paint him as uh, kind of the villain in this. Uh, so I, I would think it's going to be pretty hostile. Should there be a tribute video? I did some digging. and I couldn't find if they've announced that there will be or not. I feel like there should. <sighs> I mean, based on... I, I don't know. I don't really... Finals MVP? I don't really mind. If they don't do it this time, they'll <laughs> do it sometime down the road. So it, it'll be fine. Okay. Um, but yeah, we won't, we won't talk too, too extensively about that. Maybe we'll recap it next week. Uh, current title odds have been updated. The Warriors, the Golden State Warriors, minus 160. I think that seems about right. Second, the Raptors at plus 550. Celtics plus 750. Rockets plus 1600. Sixers plus 1600. Lakers plus 1800. And then we go all the way down to 2600 for the Milwaukee Bucks, which... I feel like they should be a little bit higher. They should be to, that big of a difference, though. Plus five fifty for Toronto, well, plus twenty six hundred for Milwaukee. Yeah, no, I, I think that's right. I, I think the Sixers should be closer to the Bucks. Uh, I, I mean, the only three bets that I think have any chance of winning are the Warriors, Raptors, and Celtics. So I just, I think you're kind of throwing away money if you bet on uh, another team there. Um, Kind of surprised that the Lakers are yeah they're the uh so I would actually have the Lakers probably fourth on this list just because you know I it would it would seem crazier to me if the Rockets beat the Warriors in a series than if the Lakers even though I just I don't think either of those is going to happen mm-hmm. um, but I actually I don't mind betting the Celtics or the Raptors at those odds just because I think it's going to be one of those teams that comes out um, I mean I would bet the house on that. And then I think both of those teams have a chance of beating the Warriors. I think the Raptors probably match up a little bit better, but I think the Celtics might have a higher ceiling. And, you know, you never really know uh, what could happen between now and then. Not on not not in terms of, like, Warriors injuries, like we all know that could mm-hmm. happen. Uh, but, you know, there are some pretty big-ticket players that theoretically could get traded between before now and and then and i would think that both of these teams would be involved in those sweepstakes so those players are brad beal kemba walker i mean like nick vucevic if we really want to throw out guy you know someone on an expiring on a team that might not make the playoffs um i mean anthony davis like they're you know i don't think i wouldn't bet on any one of these players to get traded but you know if you just said is no, is no impactful guy going to get traded right. or is one impactful Somebody. guy going to get traded? I would probably say somebody gets traded that maybe someone we're not even talking about, mm-hmm. but uh, the Raptors and the Celtics both have uh, enough, you know, young, interesting assets to, um, you know, to kind of make an appealing offer. And then is as long as you're the team that's trading, like say, say it's Anthony Davis, like I think the him re-signing there in two years – is kind of less important if you're getting him for two playoff runs and you're already a title contender. So like mortgaging the future, if you're the Raptors say like, I mean, I mean, if it, maybe it's like Pascal Siakam and like OG Ananobi and like some future picks, something like that. Um, I don't even know if that's enough for the Pelicans to be interested, but like you could justify kind of mortgaging your future just knowing that you're going to get to go uh on a couple playoff runs with Anthony Davis and Kawhi Leonard I mean I think that that's a worthwhile gamble and obviously the same thing for the Celtics the Celtics can't add him this year as we've talked about but Mm -hmm. um they could add a a different player uh theoretically if they wanted to so I I think that those just those odds where they're at I think are fine but then you factor in that those teams could be better Gordon Hayward could get better um had his best game of the year yeah so I I I think, you know, I to me there's such a drop off between those two teams and the rest of the, yeah. can, the the rest of the teams that might play the Warriors. Um, 
that I think that's decent value because like, you know, if, if it's Warriors or the field and you bet on the Raptors and the Celtics at those odds, that's probably mm-hmm. quite a bit better than the field would be. True. I mean, I, I think just, I mean, I, the Bucks are 26 and 10 and I understand, you know, maybe, maybe they're a team that's built more for the regular season than a playoff series. And I guess if there's a justification for, you know, why, why Boston and Toronto are, are that far ahead and Philly to a, a slightly less degree is like, I don't know that the Bucks have the capability to like, to make a better move to make themselves or to improve this roster before this coming playoffs, because they really don't have any young appealing assets. You know, you have future picks, but a couple of those are, are currently tied up in, in previous deals. Um, and then, you know, your current non Giannis players who you could theoretically put in a trade, Middleton, Bledsoe, Brogdon are all expiring. So, you know, even if, you know, we talk about mystery teams, you could come in and try to trade for Anthony Davis. Like the Bucks couldn't even do that. Like the, no. the Pelicans aren't looking to grab a bunch of expirings right. in exchange for Anthony Davis. So like, even if you're talking a, a lesser player than Anthony Davis, like they don't, there's no move out there for the Bucks to get Brad Beal or the Bucks to even get someone like Kemba Walker because they can't offer really any sort of long-term asset, whether it's a young player or an established player, because they just don't really have the contracts right now. Right. Yeah. I, I just don't think that they, I mean, there, there's pretty much zero precedent for a team with as little experience going deep into the playoffs as this Bucks team has going even to the finals, like let alone doing damage in the finals. So mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's all—it's almost always like a multi-year process of like you get to the conference finals and then you lose, and then you come back the next year, you get to the finals and you lose, and then you come back the next year and you you win the finals or something like that. I mean, it's just—it's very rare their team goes from being uh, bounced by a shorthanded um, Celtics team like early in the playoffs right. to going to the finals. Like, it's just—I don't see that really happening until this year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, well, should the Sixers ads be better or worse uh, with the in infinitesimal chance that they add Benson or trade Ben Simmons for <laughs> Anthony Davis? Uh, well, let's talk about that. Is it zero so, percent? Is it a zero percent chance, or could that actually happen? I don't think it's completely off the table. I mean, like a month ago, I pitched my fictional Ben Simmons for Damian Lillard mm-hmm. trade, which I think in the long term probably helps both teams maybe helps philly more in the short term portland more in the long term i mean i don't i don't think they're by any means shopping ben simmons like we're not suggesting that at all um but i mean you saw the i mean should they be i kind of think they should be just because i think that they're what is that are you suggesting that they have to build around simmons or Embiid? like that's just not a a i just think that their ceiling is always going to be lower with ben simmons being one of the top two ball handlers than if it was like he's a really good player but I just I think their ceiling over the next two years say would be higher with Lillard and obviously would be a lot higher with Davis just because it it just changes the way teams can defend them in the in the playoffs and he's just kind of you know when Embiid's got the ball or when Jimmy Butler's got the ball Ben Simmons is just hanging around by the hoop waiting for a lob or a rebound like it's just such a waste of a guy that talented like he should he would be best suited on a team where he's just by far the best player and surrounded by complimentary players they almost need to use him and for a lot of last year they did like almost use him in like that Harden role basically minus the step back threat which obviously is a big part of why Harden can get where he can you know around the Mm -hmm. rim is because you have to honor him out to 30 feet almost but you know you have to use Simmons almost as a single ball handler with four guys kind of a Giannis yeah exactly that's a much better analogy yeah yeah. and you know when you have Embiid who's now publicly saying he wants to shoot fewer threes which when you have Simmons (laughs) on the floor with him is not exactly ideal Mm -hmm. um I mean if, if you're in New Orleans and Philly calls you up and, and says Simmons is on the table and whatever contract filler, you know, you might need to match that. Does that in your mind trump a Boston offer that may or may not come until July or a Lakers offer that would maybe, you know, at that point would have to include, you know, somebody that or at least two players that are going to trump Ben Simmons, which is probably Brandon Ingram and maybe Josh Hart. I don't think, Kyle Kuzma, maybe I don't Lonzo think Ball. the Lakers can trump Ben Simmons. Well, like, that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like no, Nobody that the Lakers have no combination can trump 
the promise of Ben Simmons going forward. Yeah, I, I think if if New Orleans has like door A is Ben Simmons, door B is the best possible offer the Lakers could put together. I'm taking door A because mm-hmm. I mean he's just I mean obviously the the shot is just a re- a real mess. Um, it's just so bad. Like the I saw like some clips like a day or two ago of him like warming up and why does he always like have to fade one direction it's like when you play 2k and you accidentally tap the joystick one way or the other and the player goes into this like wild Mm -hmm. fadeaway like even when he's just spotting up and there's no one around him he shoots it as if he has to like contort around something that's uh, you know obscuring his view i think you can at least you can build like a 50 win regular season team without him getting better as a jump shooter uh, you know, you're probably, I mean, he, I don't think Ben Simmons is ever going to be the best player on a title team. I don't think anyone really thinks that, but like, I you, think people thought that is New Orleans ever going to win a title realistically, like in the next 20 years, even so like, who cares? You know I mean? Like you're not going to win a title with Ben yeah. Simmons. You're not going to win a title without Ben Simmons. So, um, at least, at least you could build uh really competitive, fun teams around him right. and like, you're not like with Brandon Ingram, really any of the guys you get from the Lakers, there's a chance that they just never really develop into right. a guy that's like a top three player on a good team. And with yeah. Simmons, you at least yeah. know that that's not going to be an issue. Yeah, I've read some suggestions that you know if if the Lakers were you know got to the point where they were willing to offer you know Ball, Ingram, and Hart, or some you know some three out of those four guys mm-hmm. in some combination. Like the argument is that we've already seen that for like a full <laughs> season and part of this season now with no LeBron and none of those guys, you know, with the exception of maybe Kuzma and, and Lonzo in certain stretches have looked all that great. Like I do think there's an argument though that if you're in New Orleans, you want to get multiple pieces back. You know, Simmons is, is obviously a great young player and you could do much worse than getting him as a as a centerpiece, but they would kind of just be back in the same situation that they're in now with one really good player maybe one or two okay players and you were kind of in a race against the clock to build this team around this guy or Ben Simmons is going to leave, you know, after what, two or three more years, um, you know, when he's done with restricted free agency. Well, how many years is that before he's done with restricted free agency? Is that? Well, he, so his rookie year counted as a contract year. So Uh he's kind of, he kind of has like one ghost year behind him that you don't really count. Um, That sucks. It does. So, I mean, he's coming up, he's restricted, he's under contract for $8.1 million next year. He has a $10.5 million qualifying offer the following year, uh, and then he's restricted, obviously, if, assuming they'll pick up that qualifying offer. Mm-hmm. Um, so like summer of 2021, which is not that far he, away. He's unrestricted summer of 2021? Um, well, I believe he would be, I don't know how that works, on spot track does not give that breakdown okay well in 2021 something's happening i'll say that i i sort of was operating under the assumption that they would in a year or two be able to just kind of match whatever you know like right. kind of, like uh so i was sort of assuming you'd be getting like say four years of ben simmons theoretically unless mm-hmm. he just decided to like force his way out of town which yeah. actually which because uh, you know much i mean possible. and like he kind of did know, that well at lsu he didn't he didn't love lsu uh i don't think he's itching to get back to the right. bayou state yeah i was gonna say um, this is like the rare case where a player would like not want to go back to his college yeah hometown. i mean i i think i would rather have a package centered around tatum um i know that that maybe that's controversial but uh you know tatum plus a pretty good like future pick or something like that mm-hmm. would be preferable i just don't i don't think the celtics are going to do that so if you don't think tatum's ever going to be available and you don't love the lakers guys and why would you uh then i just don't i don't know what the other move would be um, i feel like tatum's going to be available for davis for only for davis. one year of davis because that's the thing is like you can't I think he would be available for two playoffs worth of Davis but they can't do that so mm-hmm. um for one year of Davis where there's a legitimate chance he leaves after the season uh I mean that's a pretty big risk yeah 
I mean, I, th- I honestly think a lot of it's going to depend, and you know, this is assuming that Davis makes it to the offseason as a member of the Pelicans when the Celtics, you know, can kind of officially enter the bidding with this Kyrie contract situation. It might matter, like, where KD ends up, like, how the landscape of the league looks. Like, if, if it all of a sudden it looks like things are wide open again, you know, like they haven't been for four years or whatever it is now, and the Celtics think that they're an Anthony Davis away from being unquestionably the best team in the league, maybe you do it. I mean, we'll see. I mean, at that point, we'll, I would think there'll be some sort of indication as to whether he would resign. Um, but, I mean, do you think there's any sort of, like, would the Celtics read into what's happened with Paul George, what might happen with Kawhi? You know, I mean, it's, in some ways, it's the same gamble that the Raptors took, but you're obviously giving up a more valuable piece, I think, in, in Jason Tatum than DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's just worth it because, because if you can get him to stay, if you can like convince him that it's a good enough spot and he likes the culture enough, then all of a sudden you clearly have the best team in the league for the next like five years. Uh, I mean, I think that that would be pretty open and shut, right? Like, you'd rather have a Kyrie, Davis, Hayward, Jalen Brown. Like, would would you rather have all that than what the Warriors would have? Where, assuming KD's gone sure i think so yeah i mean like draymond obviously is on the decline i hesitate to say clay is on the decline i don't i no, don't i don't think, I think that's it's too early to say i that. think he, well and even you know i mean he's what i mean well, how old is he 27 28 like i just don't think that i think this is just kind of like it could end up being a full year where he just doesn't have it but i would not count on clay thompson being this player going forward um i mean steph's 30 the the ankles you know the the other lower body injuries he's had Draymond Green is not gonna be a warrior in I I just I don't see them keeping him like next year yeah at this rate like I just think some team some dumb team is gonna like pay for old Draymond Mm -hmm. and the Warriors are just gonna be like you're just not that guy anymore like we'll, we'll bring you back at like you know four for 70 or something like that and some other team's gonna be like well, we'll we'll go to like, like the Bulls, 90, yeah, the or, Kings. You uh, might be the missing the piece for the Kings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like that's what that's what the Warriors, if they really, and I think they do, that if they really want to make this like a ten-year run instead of a four or five-year run, like those are the shrewd type of business moves, the New England Patriots type of business moves mm-hmm. that you have to make. You know, letting yeah. someone go maybe a year too early rather than waiting a year or two too late. And in the NBA, you can't just franchise tag Draymond and say, mm-hmm. "All right, we'll do this next summer." Like it's either you get rid of you now or you're here for the next four or five years. So it's, I mean, it's a huge, huge commitment and we're already seeing, you know, I mean, it's maybe a little too early, but we've talked about Chris Paul, like that contract is as of this moment, like one of the five or six worst deals in the league, if not higher. And it was bad when it was signed, when we thought he was healthy and still really, really good. Yeah. Just because of that extra year. And that's what you have to do with the NBA. If you want to keep a guy, you know, who you think is going to be good for two of those five years or three of those five years, you just have to kind of swallow that. And I mean, Draymond, I think at this point is, is younger than Chris Paul, but you know, I, not somebody I would be wanting to sign to a five-year deal at no. this point. Um, okay. MVP odds. Giannis is plus 220, the prohibitive favorite. Harden's up to plus 270. Uh, LeBron plus 600, Davis 750, Kawhi 750, Curry 850, Embiid 1600, KD 1600, PG 3200, Jokic five plus 5,000 and Derek Rose at plus 10,000. So to me, these seem about right. I would maybe knock LeBron down a little bit, although maybe the Lakers losing these games without him uh, helps his case. But to me, what Harden has done over the past like two and a half weeks. And if you want to extend it out to the past month, um, I don't, I don't really see how he's not like in the top three right now. And this race, you know, changes every couple of weeks. Yeah. I wonder if, I wonder if maybe Jokic should be higher. Like, yeah, I mean, I was gonna say if if you're laying money on one of these in real life, Jokic at plus five thousand is like not the worst bet. Like, what if they went, like, what if they went on just a, a run and and got the one seed? Right. Like, that's they for him to win it, they have to get the one. I think right, and there are the one seed right now, so it's, it's well, not if they, that crazy. If they get the one seed, like that pretty much puts him i think he would finish like top five he would have to yeah. like and so then isaiah that, was top five ones <laughs> right the isaiah yeah. yeah um i mean it so i don't mind those odds for a guy that might end up on a one seed and is the clear best player on that one seed um probably a little a year early on him like mm-hmm. just the public kind of 
perception of him probably isn't to the point where people would enough people would consider him a legitimate MVP candidate, but I, I think those are decent odds. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a lot. So much is going to happen, obviously, between now and then. Like this, what's going to happen between now and the end of the season is way more important than what's already happened, and that's mm-hmm. always the case for for this award. So, um, yeah. stuff to say. Yeah, I mean, things would have to happen. Like Giannis probably has to miss ten games somewhere for Jokic to to jump him, or the Bucks have to fall back. Which, if Giannis doesn't get hurt, probably well, if, doesn't happen. I mean, if Harden, you know, if the Rockets aren't hosting a playoff series, mm-hmm. I don't really think it matters how good his numbers are. I don't think he would win. Well, it's also tough to win back to back, as right. we've seen. I mean, it's your you have, but like, it's it would be even tougher to win back to back without like high end team success well yeah and the rockets might finish with like 15 fewer wins than last year team success is so huge for mvp like you you need to win over 50 games almost always unless you average the first triple double since whatever right and um, it's on and that line's honestly probably closer to 55 yeah and so they're like the guys in the top six or seven of this list Mm -hmm. you know half of them are going to be on teams that win 55 plus games so so to put harden's last month in perspective 36 and a half points, 7.9 assists, 5.9 rebounds, 1.8 steals, 41% from three on almost 13 attempts a game. Over his last 10 games, 41 points per game, 8.9 assists per game, 6.8 rebounds per game, 2.2 steals, 41% from three on almost 14 three-point attempts per game. Only eight players have ever had at least 28 points per game, seven assists per game, and five rebounds per game over a full season in the history of the NBA. Since the start of 2015, which is, I think, 268 total games, if I remember correctly, Harden is averaging 29.9 points, nine assists, six and a half rebounds. I feel like he's been a little bit underrated over that stretch, which I know is a strange thing to say about someone who I think finished second in the MVP voting twice and just won it. Um, but like, does it does it feel, and this was, this was an argument going on in NBA Twitter last night, like, does it feel that people are like pretty indifferent to this run? relative to like when Kobe had that crazy run in like 06 where he scored 40 in seven or eight straight games or you know LeBron had a a month back in like 2012 where he shot almost 70 percent from the floor and it felt like that was a bigger deal um I don't know is it an aesthetic thing uh I think there's a couple of factors well like first of all I I thought Harden should have won uh the MVP um over like Russ? three years ago now uh, over Steph one of those years mm-hmm. um, I think Steph's second year maybe yeah Steph um, went back to back yeah I so I I feel like Harden could easily have two MVPs and maybe even three I, I wouldn't have picked I, there I think I would have taken Kawhi over Russ that one year but um so like it he's he's definitely like caliber a player that could have two or three MVPs right now and I think one of the factors is people just don't really know how to adjust for pace with just these basic points per game assists per game rebounds per game like Mm -hmm. everyone knows it's just a completely different game now than it was even like 10 years ago so it's just hard to kind of put what he's doing in perspective because there isn't just something that spits it out as to like well this is what it would have been if he'd been playing in like 2005 or whatever um Mm -hmm. and then the just playoff disasters i think uh that's just kind of you know he's been this awesome player for so long and it's just you know it's kind of like he keeps beating the same level and we're waiting mm-hmm. for him to like actually do something uh spectacular in the playoffs like there's he's kind of reached a level of regular season success where it's just like all right we know you can dominate mm-hmm. in the regular season so like let's see what happens in the postseason and it's obviously not all his fault that the rockets haven't gone to the Uh, finals and won but he has had some pretty big disappearances in those playoff runs so uh, I think it's mostly just those two factors I know there's a lot of talk about just the you know the way that he gets a lot of these points at the foul line and stuff I mean to me he's just so good (laughs) at at offense that like you know he's getting fouled that the type of clip you'd expect such a dominant offensive player to get fouled at you know well it's it's part of the same reason that Steph is so good that when he's shooting 40 plus percent on these you know very difficult threes like you watch James Mm -hmm. Harden play like very rarely is he just like walking into an open three like Mm -hmm. almost never I mean it's almost always iso between the legs between the legs Mm -hmm. pull it back you know hop step step back hit like these are not easy shots and you have to respect him like defenders are draped all over him like he's somebody that I watch 
And I always wonder, like, he almost never gets his three-pointers blocked, despite the fact that there's always the defender, like, right mm-hmm. there, you know, a half inch away from getting to it. But he just, it just never happens. When you have to respect him out that far, you can blow by. And when you're going full speed at the rim, you're going to get fouled and go to the line what, 12 times a game. He's also just so strong with the ball. Yes. Like, once he gets um, kind of below the break mm-hmm. that, you know, he – he's not like you're not gonna just knock it out of his hands like right. and so that just leads that makes it way tougher for anyone to make like clean defensive mm-hmm. plays on him like if you go in slapping right. and the ball doesn't come out then it's gonna be a foul he's very weighed like in that yeah he you know he'll keep the ball low he can keep it high depending on where the defender is he doesn't just you know hold it at his midsection and go up by any means um so no, i'm with you i mean I, I can a little bit understand i think for like a casual fan you see that clip of him taking you know, six hop steps and having it not be called. I think a casual fan sees that and thinks, "Oh, this is happening every single." I think night. that was yeah, a, that was a one-time thing. That was, I think, I think that was blown out of proportion. Personally. I agree. I like, mean, it was, should have been a travel. Obviously, it should have been a travel, but it wasn't any more egregious than like you could watch any game if you're yeah. just watching an NBA game and you're just looking for a time where a guy yes. takes, you know, obviously travels. You're going to find more than right. one every single game. That one. It was just such a unique way to travel that not many people have like <laughs> seen guys travel in that manner. So right. it just got a lot of attention. But like, I mean, that wasn't any worse than some of the like fast break dunks that we see that are clear oh, yeah. travels and like nobody cares. So, I uh, as much as I love and respect Giannis, there are a couple where he he does his euro step that he knows mid euro step he's going to run into a defender, mm-hmm. and a lot of the times like the ball you know it's almost like a jump ball scenario where the defender you know the ball gets loose mid move and Giannis just kind of gathers it, mm-hmm. shuffles his feet a little bit and dunks, and you can see the defenders kind of look around like was was that a travel I don't know, and he's just kind of got the benefit of the doubt, and I mean the NBA w- whatever the last two minutes reports are going to say like they give the benefit of the doubt to the offensive player. 95 percent of the time mm-hmm. and especially when it's james harden or Giannis or lebron or whoever um but yeah i mean if you want to see a travel go basketball breakdown twitter account had a great one from last night of andrew wiggins catching the ball right where you want to catch it uh, just above the free throw line and trying to back i think it was pj tucker uh no they weren't playing the rockets who were they playing last night boston boston he was trying to back somebody down and he switches pivot foot three times in a matter of like four seconds so it's not just james harden <laughs> um okay before we get to all-star voting first returns one of my favorite days of the year uh just a reminder that we have once again this season partnered up with draftkings.com and as always as has been the case for the last season and a half at least we can give you a free six-month rotowire membership all you have to do is go to rotowire.com slash draftkings sign up for a new account on draftkings and make a deposit of at least ten dollars You'll then get six months of access to all of our tools and sports on rotowire.com. That includes all of our DFS lineup optimizers for every sport, weekly rankings, premium articles, draft software, all that for $10, which you can then enter into contests to potentially win even more money on DraftKings.com. If you want access to Rotowire right away, just go to rotowire.com slash DraftKings and follow the instructions. Eligibility restrictions apply. New DraftKings users only see draftkings.com for details speaking of rotowire.com um and the other sports that we offer you've been working on our baseball mag has the cover debate been settled who is going to be on the cover of the 2019 mag yeah i think the cover has been put to bed it will be mookie Betts of the boston red sox on the cover it's pretty cool how do you feel about pictures it's a a pretty cool picture yeah honestly the quality of the picture almost matters more than who it is uh i agree Assuming i mean it's I, going to be a high caliber player. i think there are certain guys where it's impossible to make it look cool like i don't know David i was wells i wasn't a fan of like we, we had jose altuve on the cover last year like that was a pretty boring cover to me mm-hmm. um i think you need it to be someone that's that's pretty cool at least that's what i'm looking for in my cover like i don't really you know we're not looking to try to find like the most boring like top three pick in the pool like we're, yeah. we're looking to find like someone that's pretty cool that um is is a rising star in the game that um you know people might look to and and see it on the stands and be like oh sweet this is a cool cover you know not something that might just like blend completely in did my guy from the phillies who was who that guy that i like <laughs> odabel herrera yeah was he in consideration <laughs> talk about a guy who would look cool on a cover of a magazine yeah unfortunately he was not in consideration who um, else who were who were like the runners up well so Francisco Lindor was the 
like it was between Lindor and Betts. Um, if it had been up to just me, I, I would have probably had Ronald Acuna or Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in the mix. Uh, but they're not uh, apparently big enough names for, for them to grace the cover. Someday, I guess they'll, yeah. they'll be on there, but um, not this year. Okay, so if you're into baseball, buy that magazine. When is that going to be available? Uh, I would guess in like three weeks. Okay, sounds good. All right, so the first returns of the uh, 2019 All-Star voting came out today. It's not good. Um, there have been some some issues in recent years it's with not, uh, it's undeserving players. It's definitely um, not good. Yeah, if you have kids in the car, now's <laughs> the time to stop listening. <sighs> so right now, if uh, you know, if voting ended today, and I, you know, they're going to do the the little draft thing again, and it'll be televised. So the two leading vote getters in each conference will end up being the the drafters, I guess. But the way that they do it is there's still you know, the top three leading vote getters for front court and then two guards uh, in each conference. So 10 total players go into the pool of starters. So those 10 players have to be picked first in some order uh, and then reserves after. So right now, leading overall vote getter with 1,083,600, or excuse me, 363 votes, LeBron James of the Los Angeles Lakers. Second in the West front court, Luka Doncic. Third, Kevin Durant. Western Conference backcourt, Steph Curry. And Derek Rose, who has 698,000 votes, which is over 150,000 more than the third guard in the West, James James Harden from the Houston Rockets. What is going on? Is it a soft D? Yeah, I've never heard of that guy. Um, So, yeah, Derek Rose is probably going to be starting the All-Star game. That'll be cool. I mean, he's not going to start it. Uh, Like, obviously – Obviously, the NBA is going to have to step in at, here at some point and, <laughs> and fudge the numbers as they as they've probably done many times in the past. Uh, I mean, you can't just let that happen. Um, and I think like enough fans are going to see this and be like, <laughs> "Holy crap!" I <laughs> this guess this is a real wake up call. I wasn't planning on voting, but I guess I have to now. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is like the, the the 2018 election of NBA. So or 2016, like. To me, the the Derrick Rose one's the worst one. Well, actually, you haven't well, even no, mentioned. No, it's not. Uh, well, I'm going to make a case that it is. Okay. Uh, did uh, get to just do the Eastern Conference? Okay, so East leading vote getter in the East overall, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, he's nine thousand votes short of a million. So LeBron has a pretty sizable lead uh, for the overall title. Um, Kawhi Leonard, number two in the East front court, and Joel Embiid, number three. That that all looks good. I have no qualms with any of that. Those are who the three guys should be. Mm-hmm. And that is evidenced by the fact that there is a gap of more than 400,000 votes between number three Embiid and number four, Jimmy Butler. Uh, the guards in the Eastern Conference, Kyrie Irving and Dwayne Wade. Yeah. Number two by almost 100,000 votes yeah. over Kemba Walker. A, he's got a nice a nice big lead there. I'm um, a little more worried about that one than I am the Rose one. Yeah, so the only like area of the ballot that is correct is East front court. Uh, there's probably mistakes on west front court and obviously the probably two, obviously the two back courts <laughs> make a case um <laughs> dodgers or davis who you got eh, we'll see i mean a lot of a lot of first half yet to be played um so i the reason why i think the rose one in the west is worse than the wade one in the east is because of who he's ahead of like he's ahead of james harden who we just discussed as like being a pretty clear top two MVP contender and like on this crazy run. And basically as long as he stays relatively healthy, he's a lock to be first team all NBA. Uh, I mean, do you agree with that? Like Harden? Yes. He will be first team all NBA at the end of the season. And no question. So the fact that Derek Rose is ahead of him versus Wade being ahead of guys like Kemba and Ben Simmons and Victor Oladipo, uh, I mean, he obviously shouldn't be anywhere near those guys, but it's not like he's ahead of just some some monster like that's gonna you know get MVP votes. I right. mean, he's just ahead of some kind of mediocre guards in a mediocre conference. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, who do you think it, who's gonna end up being that second guard in the East? Kemba, Simmons, Oladipo, <laughs> Lowry. I, I honestly think Wade's in play just because oh, he's definitely in play. Like, just just because like he's got this lead, and uh, it's like it's not like the fans are going to rally behind one of these guys behind okay. him like they're all just well, going to split the vote so much yes. that 
So, I think it should be Oladipo. I, I think so, too. I think he's most deserving. But Kyrie's a lock, right? Unless he gets hurt. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so you said, like, I do agree. This is a wake-up call for the Derrick Rose situation. Right. Like, this is, if you're if you're a Rockets <laughs> fan, it's like, all right, we actually got to vote this, in this thing. It's really embarrassing for yeah. Rockets fans. Like, uh, did none of you vote? <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like this is as many votes as he would get just from his, yeah. like, fans that aren't Rockets Derrick fans. Rose isn't playing in New York anymore. Or <laughs> no. It'd be one thing if he had returned this year and was playing like this for the Bulls or something. You know, this is Minnesota. This isn't exactly like the most active all-star voting fan base. Are all the Bulls fans just Timberwolves fans now? Like, Okay, so that's what I want. That was going to be my next question is why like Derrick Rose isn't averaging 30 points a game like he's having a nice year by Derrick Rose standards yeah, he, by, by any guard standards he's, he's playing well he, he could get like comeback player of the year I yeah. don't think that's still an award but um sure he, I mean, he might win six man of the year he's uh, yeah he's having most a improved player it's a fine season um <laughs> he's doing fine right like, but <laughs> if, like if you were a diehard Derrick Rose fan in 2011 when he was at his peak with the Bulls won that MVP you know, this is seven, eight years later. Are you jumping back on now and are like, like you know, we got to ride for our guy? Well, and like, yeah, okay. So there's some things to tackle. So that one, yes. Like, I know that Derrick Rose was super popular back when he was like with the Bulls and, and good. Uh, but he was so bad and so hurt for so long that I would have just assumed the Derrick Rose fans would have become like Russell Westbrook fans or James Harden fans. And apparently they did yeah. not. <laughs> they're Dream just Dream Hunt fans. They're just waiting. They're just waiting for Derrick Rose. They're just biding their time, waiting for this inevitable yeah. comeback. And they're like, "All right, good, we're, we're back." <laughs> I do think there's this thing of like, <laughs> "Yeah, it, it's been a seven-year process. Now yeah. he's back. Yeah. Like, like, we this, knew he'd it's back. all been worth it this whole time." And I've been sticking up for Derrick Rose. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think with I think with Rose, it's going to be a galvanizing uh point for Harden and maybe even like Westbrook fans or Lillard fans. Like Rose is not going to start the All Star game, but. I feel like with Wade, it might go the other way, where people are like, oh my God, he's we could do this. We could get him like, in the All-Star yeah, game. Yeah, like, it's just, there's just not enough, like, I, I could see why, like, Oladipo, like, it's basically Pacers fans and just diehard NBA fans who actually Indiana care fans. about getting it right. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the only people voting for Oladipo. There's not, like, a bunch of, like, 11-year-old guys, like, running around, like, imitating Old Depot in the driveway, you know? Like, it's just... <laughs> hey, that, so Speak for yourself. You're not hanging out with enough 11-year-olds. Um, <laughs> so, like, I can see why that's not going to get a ton of ground. So, uh, the Ben Simmons, him not being popular enough to have more votes than Wade is kind of a wake-up call for Ben Simmons, probably. Like, mm-hmm. like you're you're such kind of an afterthought that this this old guy who, like, doesn't even play, like, took, yeah. like, a month off when his, when he had the, his kid. Like, he's beating you in the All-Star voting. Um, so, like, I, it's kind of embarrassing if you're Ben Simmons. Uh, Kemba Walker's been pretty bad lately. Like, oh that, his team's really bad. Like, he's he bad. doesn't really deserve to be that starter. He'll get there because it's in Charlotte, if nothing else, and there's just not that much talent. Right. Somebody has to get there. I mean, that's I mean, been the case. Maybe this, hurt, he might get in. Maybe this will be a galvanizing point. I mean, I'd, I'd put your earmuffs on if you want, but like maybe the Raptors fans can come together and, oh. and get Kyle Lowry uh, ahead of Dwayne Wade there. I mean, the Raptors fans showed out Wade. hard enough to have uh, Kawhi. Like, I w- this is higher than I thought Kawhi would be. I thought Kawhi, like, just fan vote might be behind Embiid. Um, I'm just it's surprising to me that Kawhi has just this much fan support. Like yeah. he's a pretty he's quiet a star. Like he doesn't he doesn't have like a shoe deal. Like to me this is just all about like Canada coming out strong for yeah. Kawhi. Well where that's it, what we need to talk about too. Is it unfair that one team gets an entire country to vote for their players? Well, I mean, some of these guys get entire continents to vote for them. So I don't know who you're talking about here. <laughs> Certainly not the number two vote getter in the West. Um well, the other point here too. So Vince Carter is number seven in the East front court. Um, Dirk Nowitzki, interestingly enough, not in the West front court. I, I thought for sure he would. You know, Vince Carter playing for the for the Hawks is getting votes. You would think Dirk would. Um, is there any credence to the argument? And a lot of people do genuinely think this that Dwayne Wade, Vince Carter, Dirk Nowitzki, probably in years past, Paul Pierce, like guys like that, should kind of get this like free no. pass into the All Star. No, it's the worst argument ever. Like. The only, the only time where I've ever been for it was like with Kobe, just because of the. I thought it'd be hilarious to watch bad Kobe, and it like, was, yeah, and it was, yeah. But like these guys aren't old and like a comically, like they're still just jacking like shot after shot after shot. Yeah. Like, like Kobe probably still thought he was the best player in the league. Like Vince Carter, if he was in, on the All Star team, he would just sit on the bench and like awkwardly like go in like sit in the corner they're too self-aware is the problem right right like 
there's nothing fun about having Vince Carter in this game. Like Dwayne Wade, he, you know, he's not going to go into the all-star game and shoot the ball like 12 times. Cause it would just be right. a bad look. Like every, everyone would make fun of him. Like, uh, it's just not fun. There's nothing. I don't get anything out of like, oh, let's all let's all clap for like Dwayne Wade. What a career! Oh man, what mm-hmm. a, what a career! Like, I, I like the idea. Someone threw this out on Twitter that you know don't don't take up two or three spots every year in the All Star game for these guys because yeah. one, I think it sets a really bad precedent. Yeah. You know where you got to if you do it for Dwayne Wade and Dirk and you you know you actually like maneuver things so they get in you got to do it for everybody going forward also think how much more this means to you know a guy like mike conley or a guy like victor oladipo Rose, yeah. like where where, where like they've just been busting their ass like for you know mike conley for what like a decade almost and he's got like nothing to show for it like yeah. Dwayne wade doesn't need another all-star appearance he's doing fine on his his retirement right. tour it'll be great um dirk would i think dirk would just decline to go yeah if, if they Way tried to send him. yeah um but it it's you know i think it all kind of comes down to mm-hmm. the fans really shouldn't have a say yes. anymore i think you you can make those guys like the honorary captains you know now they do it's you know it's gonna yeah. be probably team lebron versus team Giannis. um like why not you know team wade versus team dirk would be really cool make those guys you know do the picking mm-hmm. um dirk in the three-point shootout i would like that yes Yes, I don't want to see. The, I don't know about Vince at the dunk contest. I, I changed my that. stance on that. I, I know a that. few months ago I was caping for it. I don't think that would be a good idea. No, you you only want him in. I'd be. I'd rather have Vince in the three point shootout than sure. Vince in the dunk contest. Like Wade in three point shootout, not so much. Because like the three point shootout, any old guy could get hot and oh, yeah. win that thing. You know, except for Wade. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, okay, a couple more things. Which teams are we able to officially cross off? as not not like title contenders because we could we'd be crossing off like 28 teams but like playoff like you're 100 percent sure this team is not making the playoffs so let's start with the east i'm going to suggest the cleveland cavaliers you can tell me if i'm wrong i'm crossing them no, off i don't cro- see it with them this no, year you can cross i haven't liked what i've seen from the Cavs team <laughs> you can cross them off the new york knicks you can cross them off the the knicks are 9 and 29 Cavs are 8 and 30 mm-hmm. so they're in a real shootout for that off, worst record off they go bulls 10 and 28. Yeah, you can cross them 17 off. and a half games back of the one seed. Yep. I'm going to cross off the Hawks. Yep. That's, can we cross that's off the it. Wizards? I don't think you can. I'm going to. I, I, Sadoransky? I honestly think they might play better without Wall. Right now, they're three games out of the eight seed. Uh, you, tough. you tell me you can't see this team galvanizing over the fact they don't have to play with John Wall anymore? Mm-hmm. I, they're 15 and 23 i don't know look at I, the teams in front of them they're terrible like they're behind four terrible teams they are but maybe I think five all terrible those, teams yeah five at least five <laughs> and i think i think all those teams want to make the playoffs though they, i mean they shouldn't necessarily I think but the they wizards do. probably want to make the playoffs they're not going to yeah, trade any of these guys i think the wizards roster is worse than the teams ahead of them somehow i don't i just don't think you can cross them out okay i mean you think the Wizards will win the finals? Okay. All right, let's go to the West. <laughs> no, fair enough. Phoenix, are they the only team in the West? I think so. I think so, too. It's. I feel like the Pelicans lose every single night that I check in on them, <laughs> and they're like four games out of the playoffs. Yeah. Um, man, this is just such a mess. It really is. You know, what, was, what made us look worse when we um, stupidly did a mini – apology to trey young for being too down on him before the draft or when we apparently stupidly just kind of wrote the obituary to this like spurs dynasty i was was thinking about that one yeah all of a sudden the spurs just like they they became like the first team ever i think to win four straight games by 25 points like immediately after we talked about they're gonna cruise to that over they're gonna cruise to that over yeah right now they're (laughs) they might host a playoff series i don't know they're only four and a half games out of first place they have the same record as the Lakers, who a week ago I think I said probably had the best chance to beat the Warriors. So yep. the I mean, Spurs are back. The, the Lakers just never say anything about the Western Conference playoffs, other than the fact that mm-hmm. the Warriors are probably going to make it. Like, there's just nothing. You're going to look bad. Like, you can say anything about any of those teams, like three through fourteen, and then two weeks, yeah. it could just be the exact opposite of what you just said. Yeah, we're gonna fast forward to June, and the Nuggets are gonna be picking like fourth. Like, how did this happen? <laughs> they were twenty four and eleven. <laughs> I can't believe they lost the final like forty seven games of the year. That was insane. 
Um, okay, let's talk a couple quick draft items just because we haven't really hit on this the last few pods. I don't really have anything in particular to say about John ja Morant. I just want to keep getting his name out there because I still don't think people like know about him or have watched him. Well, let's... Okay, so we can quickly talk about him, and then I think it'd be fun to just kind of pick where the ideal landing spot for sure. him would be. Um, so, you know, he's like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, uh, pretty skinny, um, really athletic, uh, crazy, crazy handle, like Anwan mixtape like cool, yeah, type my of kind handles. Of handles. Yeah, yeah, like just really insane. And, you know, he dunks on people. He is just kind of the perfect uh, pick and roll operator in that he's going to just slice by you unless you send sort of three guys to kind of clog up the paint. And he's shown that he's a really good passer. Uh, his numbers, you can't really read too much into him based on the, the quality competition. But, I mean, he's got kind of the most eye-popping numbers in the country right now. And he's probably played his way into kind of like borderline top five pick. Yeah. I mean, what? so what's holding him back other than Zion and Barrett being who they are? Like, why, why are we not talking about him as, you know – Barrett versus Morant like is it is it just a small school thing that like kind of prevents you like nobody from Murray State's ever going to go number one overall uh I think it's size and shooting mm-hmm. like Barrett's just got way better size like he's he's gonna be able to guard multiple positions um Moron I mean Moron's body I don't I'm trying to think it's, of like it's not a, bad like you don't look at him and think like wow this guy needs to gain 20 pounds or he needs to grow four inches like he's no it's, fine, it's just that he's always gonna be kind of skinny and like six three you know right. like so and i mean i could end up being wrong about this i just don't really see him being up very hard in the nba like not that i expect barrett to just be some shutdown defender but at least he's got size to where he's mm-hmm. not going to be able to be uh pushed around and barrett's just I have way, way, way more faith in him having, like, Jeez. kind of a, being a plus shooter than I do Ja. I mean, ja, like, I hope that Morant is, becomes, like, a 35% mm-hmm. three-point shooter. I think that that would Very be feasible. a pretty good outcome. Yes. Whereas you could dream on Barrett being, like, a 40% guy. Yeah. I mean, Morant's one of those guys that I think it was clear, like, five games into last season, his first year in college, that he should not have – you know been a mid-major player and it, at that point if he wanted to he could have transferred to like almost any program in the country but obviously that would entail sitting out a year and whatnot so maybe you know maybe we're talking about him differently if he's if he's at a major school but I mean he's to me this is not a great point guard class I mean it was it's kind of him Barrett if you think he's a point guard um Darius Garland who's mm-hmm. probably done for the year after tearing his meniscus at Vanderbilt um and you know a lot of teams that we kind of thought were set at guard and we've said this in the past might not be um so he's helped by the fact that there's a little bit of positional scarcity this is not looking like the deepest draft by any means bull bull is hurt now he might miss the rest of the year which is a concern no matter what it's extra concerning when you're seven three and you already have you know injuries when you're 18 years old um so i mean to me Morant, like it would be very shocking at this point if he falls beyond the top seven or eight if, so, if not top five or six so i want to give you three teams that um you know, at least one of these teams will be picking in a range where mm-hmm. Morant's a, a very strong possibility, and you got to tell me where he's the best fit. Okay. Uh, Knicks, Suns, and Cavs. Ooh, in a vacuum, probably the Suns. Yeah, that'd be, they, that'd they be just, pretty. They fun. have like the clearly the biggest need there. I mean, the Knicks have Moody, so they're set. Point guard, <laughs> they don't need any help there. Yeah, it's a crowded um, backcourt. Yeah, really, really crowded <laughs> backcourt. The Knicks need help everywhere. I, I mean, this is almost getting cliche now. Like everybody says this, but like Zion playing in the garden would be really fun mm-hmm. i still would take barrett over zion if i had the number one pick i just think barrett's way do, safer do the wizards have their pick uh ooh, ooh, good. that's always a fair question you could be asking that <laughs> never, you could have asked know. that in 1988 <laughs> you could have asked that in 2003 um i mean the wizards have the sixth worst record in the nba the yeah. pelicans have the seventh worst record like yeah good good teams maybe adding um you know first round picks the wizards do miraculously own their pick they do uh, and they get they get a second round pick from Atlanta. Wow. Interesting, but wow. they're trading theirs away. So, <laughs> well, um, I mean, I, I don't think it makes sense for him to go mm-hmm. to the Wizards, but they they might be sort of I don't know they might be picking kind of right in right in Morant territory. Yeah, Where, what would be the most fun scenario other than the Knicks? Like, let's say whatever for whatever reason they're not in the mix. Like, I like uh, the Zion. Dude, I mean, for oh Zion. for Zion. Um, 
Cavs would feel really depressing. I, I feel like that would just he'd be set up to fail there. I don't want anyone I like to go to the Cavs. I want yeah. like I want like Cam Reddish to go to the Cavs. Yeah. Oh, that would um, be a very Cavs pick. <laughs> uh, Zion. Zion with that Phoenix team would be fun. I don't think he would necessarily help them. Like they wouldn't win 15 more games all of a sudden next year, but it'd be really fun. I think Suns would be fun. I think uh, Bulls could be fun. Um, I mean Hawks would be pretty fun. Yeah. I don't I don't know what like a Zion John Collins front court really looks like, but no. I think that's a little more appealing now than it would have been five years ago. I think uh you know, I I think they brought this up on uh the dunked on pod. If he was with the Suns, it would make sense for them to do some stuff where he's kinda the the Blake Griffin, like Draymond Green, like sure. primary ball handler. Zion and Aiton would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I just it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be pretty fast. I also think we talked there. about Davis earlier. Like, I, I don't know if I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, but like whatever team gets the number one pick, or even maybe two or three, depending on like who the Pelicans might want. Like that team, depending on who it is, all of a sudden they have a blue chip asset right there to include in a Davis deal. So like if it's Cleveland, like that's not gonna work because you have no one else that mm-hmm. the Pelicans want. I don't know if it's Chicago and you're like. I mean, this is not the right move necessarily, but if you think you can bring Anthony Davis back to Chicago, where he's from, you have one year to convince him, even though you're not a good team, you'll be a much better team with him. You send the number two overall pick, you send Laurie Markin in, and... I mean, that should be enough. Yeah, that's like what I'm that, number, that, that beats right. every other deal. Uh, well, that's the thing. And they, if, it, if for some reason it doesn't, it forces LA to put everything on the table. It forces Boston to put everything on the table. What could possibly... Like I think the number two pick and Markinen beats a Tatum deal. Like I'm trying to think what would even stack up. Well, the with thing that. is with Tatum, it's like I almost think they would have to include Horford in a Davis deal for like fit and money reasons. Uh-huh. So you have that consideration. Well, I don't know. I mean, the other thing with Chicago is you have to include a contract to get, you know, twenty some million dollars. And like, do they even have enough money on the books for that? Could they uh, pick up? jabari and then include him <laughs> honestly i think they could i don't know what the date is on that they might have to wait till after the draft to do I mean, it but yeah i think so because he has what 20 million dollar option yeah that would be the foresight that the bulls would have had to have to sign jabari to this terrible deal yeah. only to use that money in the davis <laughs> um yeah that would be hey you know i like that scenario i i hate the thought of anthony davis having to play in chicago well but i just think it would be, be so table. sad like mm-hmm he would just leave i mean he would totally leave yeah. right like especially if they're sticking just, with their current coach like i don't know what his how much he loves chicago you know like no, everybody like, knows he's from there but he's never really been like a huge like nobody you know jabari parker is very much i love chicago guy yeah anthony davis you know i'm sure he doesn't dislike chicago but right. he doesn't seem like he's ingrained in the city in the same way i mean i love chicago everyone loves chicago but like you'd much rather live in la than chicago i'm sorry that's just or like the new way new orleans yeah <laughs> <laughs> No, he. I mean, he honestly seems more of like a New Orleans guy than a Chicago guy. Maybe that's because he lives there sure. you know, nine months out of the year. But the other scenario to keep an eye on, uh, now that the Sacramento Kings, I, w- I mean, I, would, I was going to say they've swooned. I mean, they kind of have, but by their standards, they're having a hell of a year. They're 19 and 18. I still think at some point they fall back a little bit. If, if the draft was held or if the lottery was held today, they would be in position to pick 12th. And if they fall back a couple more spots, which would mean, you know, record-wise, you know, three, four, five spots, all of a sudden with the new lottery odds, it's not like that crazy that that pick could jump up, not necessarily the number one, but you know, some top three, top four, whatever. Um, if it's number one, it goes to Philly. If it's anywhere else, it goes to Boston. So I don't think it's going to be number one, but Boston could very well end up with like the ninth overall pick in mm-hmm. this draft or the seventh overall pick in this draft to include in any sort of deal. Yeah, and that's still the range where there's going to be desirable players. Like it, yes. it's I think this draft kind of falls off after like 11 or 12. I mean, most drafts kind of do in terms of just guys that uh, guys that like a a franchise would be like, "Oh, we're getting that guy in the trade." Mm-hmm. Like, cool. Like that that's awesome. Um Right. So, yeah, that that would be pretty interesting. I mean, they the Celtics are obviously just in a great spot. Um I Sure are. I think I really want someone to trade for Beal, but I just don't think it's going to happen until after Anthony Davis gets moved because these teams are just saving their ammunition. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I, I think Beal would just be such an amazing fit with the Lakers. I kind of hope they miss out on Davis and have to go to plans B. Um, Why? 
Why do you wish it will upon LeBron? <laughs> it's I just I think Beal and LeBron would be just so much fun. Yeah, why do you, why don't you want that? I do. Beal, oh, oh, I Beal thought you were saying you don't want them to get Beal. No, I do. Oh, I, but okay. like they they should have. I think they kind of almost already should have traded for Beal. Uh, they they're holding on to these guys for for Davis. But I just like we've talked about. There's a lot of teams that can beat a Lakers Davis offer. Yes, and if well, they can't get him in season, then like it's kind of stupid not to trade for Bad Beal in season. Per, at least that's what I think. Well, especially when you, I don't know if you watched the Lakers last night. Obviously, LeBron was still out. Not a good showing for any of those guys. Ingram had a nice little run in like the second quarter where he was hitting shots, and then he just went completely cold. Nobody could hit anything. Uh, like those, all those guys' values. With I think Kuzma, you know, I mean, he's you can rank him where you rank him. You know, in that group before he's been good this year. But the other guys, it's literally night to night. Like LeBron, you know, Lonzo Ball and LeBron had triple doubles in the same game, and like at that point, you know, everybody's back on Lonzo. And then last night he goes for like six points, four assists, uh-huh. four rebounds, whatever, and everybody's back down. Like. I mean, it's like playing the stock market with these guys, and I don't think that's the right way to do it. Like, are they waiting for them to have a really nice two-week stretch, and then maybe they trade them? Because I don't, I don't think that they're ever going to be consistent enough. And all of a sudden, the trade deadline's coming up. Like, they, I don't, I just don't know what LA's plan is. And you can see that shot at the end of the game last night. Maybe you saw the screenshot of LeBron just standing there, cross-armed with Rob Palinka, um, you know, and Magic Johnson looking out onto the court as the seconds tick away in, in a loss. And it was just like, you can tell where LeBron's head is at. If you watched that game last night, he did not react whatsoever. The Lakers had a bunch of highlight plays in the first half. Didn't didn't clap, didn't get up, whole benches up, going crazy on this Brandon Ingram reverse dunk. You know, the camera pants of LeBron, stone face. Like, I, <laughs> I, I think he's had it. Well, I mean, I'd, if only anyone could have seen this coming. Yeah, I right? Really, really didn't see him. Partially LeBron, to too. Lakers I feel like team. he was convinced. Was he? he? I I think he was willing to at least give it a shot, right? I mean, some of maybe. the stuff he said about Lonzo, especially. I definitely think he overrated Lonzo. Uh, that the fact that he like singled Lonzo out after that one game and like whispered right. that thing into his ear. You're talking last season, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. like he clearly sort of thought of Lonzo as this guy that could like grow with him, like a la like Kyrie a little bit. I think he and, thought they had this like mental connection yeah. of like you like, know we're on the same he's wave, really like, smart i'm really smart yeah, right. this is gonna be great like it's like well sure he's yeah. smart but <laughs> same reason that him and rondo have been so great yeah, yeah. um okay well last thing speaking of lebron we'll make this quick uh lebron as you know i don't know if this was on his like the shop thing or uninterrupted or whatever he basically said that after winning the finals in 2016 he, he began to consider himself the goat he's kind of gone on this like weird self-promotion tour over the last week <laughs> kind of informing everyone that he is in fact the greatest of all time um and you know i love lebron Mm -hmm. everyone does very strange he's 34 he's like still very much in the middle of his prime like why are you going around on your own like unannounced campaign to make a case for yourself while you're still playing while you're injured as a matter of fact and danny danny ainge was asked about this today and he said quote his career's not over i'd just like to know why he's saying that i don't know maybe that's what he thinks sells Maybe he's taking the Donald Trump approach and trying to sell himself. I don't know. I have a feeling that LeBron's going to hear that quote and he's not going to be very happy with it. I don't think Danny Ainge meant to compare LeBron directly to Trump, but I also think LeBron is probably going to run with this and it's not going to turn out well. I think I I don't really have any issues with LeBron. Like I think it's weird to kind of like there's a difference I think between somebody asking you if you think you're the goat and you saying yes than just kind of bringing it up yeah. like out of the blue <laughs> like i mean so what do you guys think <laughs> like but even then i think it's what danny ainge said is like worse just because like why why even say anything other than he's he's a great player you know like, yeah like that wouldn't you just expect that to be kind of like a stock answer like, you would think just yeah. like hey lebron's a great player like you know i mean he's yeah. definitely in that conversation i know? think he's correct other than the trump thing i think he is correct you know like why why are you bringing that up like the quote i don't know why he's saying but that. why does it like offend danny ainge like it's not the really the only person he's the, maybe he's the goat <laughs> the only person who <laughs> could take any issue with this i think is michael jordan right like, what what does danny ainge care like he's 10 times better than danny ainge. yeah like, i don't know i just think yeah bringing trump into it was not a good not a good move just in general especially given lebron's maybe he's just so excited uh to have him out of the conference that he's just kind of like ah you can't you're not gonna get to play us this year (laughs) uh yeah okay well we'll wrap it up here um 
as always, check out all the content, rotowire.com. You guys are doing like 45 million baseball outlooks, I believe. Is that the right number? Yeah, uh, give or take. Yeah, so make sure to check those out. Tons of baseball content, tons of basketball content. Football still wrapping up. rotowire.com slash podcast, I think. We'll give you a free trial. You can try it. If not, um, send us an email and we'll get it figured out. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.